Hello and welcome to another episode of Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm. This is Lee. This will be episode 19 and I'm so glad you joined me today. Today I'm going to read you an article called Darwinian Beekeeping by bee researcher Tom Seeley. I think this is just a very interesting article. But before I jump into that, I'd like to answer a few listener questions. Um, most of the time people are sending me questions on the Facebook page, which is Five Apple Farm bees, honey, and more, and you are welcome to put questions there, and I will do my best to answer them, and feel free to remind me if, I, if it's gotten down in the list and I've forgotten about it, but um, the first question I want to address is how to put together a nucleus colony to sell, and this is from a wonderful listener who has been really successful at making new splits and getting new queens, so the listener has several small hives made from splits that have brand new queens that have been laying. Um, the brood pattern has been checked to make sure that, that they're good, solid, well-mated queens. And by checking the brood pattern, when you get a new queen back, at first you see her laying the open brood. It all looks pretty. You're like, yay, I've got this great queen. The, next, the, the thing you want to check is to wait a little bit later until she's got a good amount of capped brood. Because once the brood is capped, uh, you can make sure that that's a nice patch of worker brood. If the queen is poorly mated, um, then you will see these little weird popcorn things that's kind of sticking up in the middle of the comb. And those are drone larvae that have been laid into a worker cell. And that's basically a sign that the queen didn't get well mated. And unfortunately, um, mostly I have to cull those if, if I get those. Um, this is another advantage of getting a nuke from someone that is really working on quality because I'm aware of, of some places, well, this is mostly with selling queens, that once they see that queen lay eggs, they pop them in a cage and mail them to you. Um, but if you, ha if you don't wait and let to see how she lays, uh, you might not be getting a good queen. So this is yet another advantage of, of being patient and finding you a good queen producer or nucleus producer um, who is focused on quality. And you can ask them, like, how long uh, do they let the queens stay in the mating nuke or stay in the nucleus colony? And if they say, oh, once we see eggs, we, we ship them, then you know that that last quality control check of looking at capped brood and making sure she's well made it hasn't been done so just keep that in mind so um, to make your nucleus colony uh, this person has a there it's a, a couple of eight frame boxes that are you know now full of bees these were made from a split they've got a new queen she's built out a nice little brood nest so you have to find five good frames to go in your nuke to sell and now traditionally the minimum is is kind of like um you know three frames of brood frame of pollen frame of stores and then hopefully gosh you really hope as much money as everybody has to pay that there's going to be bees covering every frame now you don't always get that but if you're lucky you open that box and there's just hardly there's just wall-to-wall -wall bees that's a best case scenario but the other thing is the age of those bees because if you have have made a, a nucleus colony and let the queen mate, she's come back. Let's just say you made a small one out of a few frames of bees. 
which is not my favorite way, as you know from other episodes, but you've got a new queen and everything. The, the bees that have supported her through that whole process, the flying bees in particular, they have gotten older. You know, in the summer, bees live roughly six weeks or so, and so it's very easy to get an older population of bees. And what you don't want is for someone to get a nucleus colony. They've got a good population of flying bees. They're so excited, but what they don't know is those bees are older. So I like to emphasize loading that box up with nurse bees. And the way to do that is, um, first of all, you get your little nucleus box that you're going to prepare for the person and, and you go out to the the split say that you're going to pull that nuke from. The first thing you need to do is find the queen um, and hopefully have an, an extra box somewhere like an extra little nucleus box. Once you find the queen on that frame set her aside uh, in that quiet box so that then you can do all the manipulations and not worry about harming her. When you find her, note what kind of frame she's on. So if she's walking on a frame of open brood, then there's your open brood frame. Because what you want to include, I like to include uh, about four frames of brood in various stages. Mostly capped brood. Because when a brood is capped, all the hard work has been done. And they're just sitting there, they're kind of in the oven. And, uh, but the hard work has been done. Open brood, of course, is going to require feeding by that population of bees. So I like to, so to me, a best case scenario for to building a nuke would be to find two beautiful frames of wall-to-wall capped brood covered with bees. Move those frames into the nuke box. Then a frame of um, open brood and hope maybe some capped on it. So now I've got the open brood component. So I've got open brood and lots of capped brood. And then I want to be sure to find a frame that has a lot of pollen on it. Um, ideally, the best case scenario is you find one of those perfect frames that's got a bunch of pollen and then it's got a big band of honey around it. That's perfect. So if that's, then that's your pantry, you know, your storage, your stores frame. So you want to get that in there. So a nucleus colony is five frames. Um, because I work with all mediums, mine are a little smaller uh, when I make them. Now, I'm not doing them this year because I'm using all my nukes to test out new queen lines, but when I do sell nukes, I like to have uh, you know, four medium frames, much capped brood, some open brood, obviously the queen, and then one perfect stores frame. Sometimes I don't always have the perfect stores frame, and because I am working with mediums and they are smaller, then I will make sure that a frame of pollen goes in the box. And then sometimes I will either, depending on who's buying it, how experienced they are um, and how well I know them, sometimes I will uh, give them a honey or nectar frame just as a, as a bonus, you know, loose, not in the nucleus colony. And, um, and other times, uh, if, especially if I'm giving them the friends and family um, price, then I will, you know, do my five frames in the box and then tell them in no uncertain terms that they need to feed this nucleus colony with uh, thin syrup, um, thin or medium syrup, either way, uh, right away. And the reason why I'm emphasizing the pollen and the syrup is because if you put that nuke together any other time other than, you know, pretty much dusk or dawn, then you are going to lose a lot of your forager bees. Now what I do to make up for that is uh, I make up the nuke box with everything I just described and before I put that last uh, stores frame in there 
you know, I know the queen is safely stashed. She's in there um, safe. And I've pushed the frames carefully together so there and then there, but I leave a gap on the very edge. And then I go through the hive and I take several um, frames, mostly brood frames, the leftovers, and I shake all those bees into that box. And I do this, I might shake four medium frames of bees additional into that box. Now when I put all those frames in there, um, during this whole process you're not using much smoke at all, if any, um, you're, because you want the bees to stay where they are and not be flying around a lot, not move around a lot, because you want all the clinging bees on those frames. And so you get all those beautiful bee-covered brood frames and the queen in the box. Then you shake a bunch of bees in and then you put that stores frame in. Now again, because I use mediums, when I get the uh, cardboard nucleus boxes, they are deeps. Now this is advantages and disadvantages. The, advantages, the advantage is I can shake a lot of bees in there. So when, when people get that nuke, it is packed with bees. They have a rip-roaring start to their hive, and that is what I like to do. Um, because I'm not selling these commercially, I'm selling these to people in my area. I want them to have strong, healthy, good genetic bees to be populating our area with those instead of, um, you know, <laughs> bees from elsewhere that are just commercial generic bees. So I try to build a really beautiful nuke um, to sell to people. And I will tell you, if you do that, people will come back. When they're looking to expand their yard or they're helping someone else get started in bees, they will recommend you. So it's really worth uh, putting the effort into building a good nuke. And I know this listener is going to do that because I know them and that's the kind of person they are. <laughs> so you've got all those all those parts in the box. Now you want to, to close up the box. Um, I recommend doing this with screen as much as you can because that's a lot of bees in a box and it is amazing how much heat they put out. It goes without saying that once those bees are in the box and closed up, that box has to be carefully kept cool. And by I prefer, you know, I if I if like if I'm putting the nuke together and the person's not going to pick them up for a few hours, um, I I close mine up with screen. The cardboard boxes that I use have screen, ventilation screen on the front, which I really like. I will take them to my very cool basement and put them in there with a fan circulating air because um, I just don't want them to get stressed from heat. And it is amazing when you get it full of bees, you can feel uh, the exhaust coming out of that hive um, from them moving around and it is quite warm. So I keep them cold, I mean not cold, you know, cool in a basement. And then when I pass them off to the buyer, I make sure they know several things. One is to never let that box get hot. So if they're taking them inside a car, then run the air conditioning. Also, if they're taking them inside the car, <laughs> make them put on a little veil or something, even if it's sitting on top of their head so they could yank it down if bees get out. Because there's always going to be stray bees on the outside of these boxes. And, you know, in the back of a truck is best, but be careful that it's not sitting in the sun in the back of a truck. So if they're going to move them in the back of a truck, you want to do that either early in the morning before the sun gets up or best, better yet, late in the evening when there's no risk of the, you know, you getting delayed and the sun coming up on you. Um, I duct tape the box up very securely 
And then because I usually keep them a few hours, I just make sure that I don't have edges around the edge of a screen that they can get out. Because it's amazing the small, how, how a bee, a bee's like a mouse and can squeeze through a little bitty space. So I just make sure that they're very securely. If it's a wooden box, for example, if, if a person has brought me new equipment and dropped it off at my house for me to put the nucleus colony directly in, and then they'll come back and pick it up, um, then I use, uh, again, screen for the openings, but I might use a ratcheting tie-down to really make sure that thing is tight for people to transport it safely, and then make sure they have um, you know, at least a, a hat, a bee hat in the car, uh, and just really emphasize safety because a lot of times beginners don't think of what will happen, you know, if they take a curve too hard or God forbid, you know, somebody hits them and a box full of bees turns over in the car. And if it's not secured, that could be a life-threatening situation. So you don't want to do, do that. So anyway, I think I was saying about af kind of aftercare. I really emphasize to buyers this is why my friends tease me that I have a whole application of people I will you know, sell nukes to, but I'm not commercial, so I can only sell a few, and I only produce a few uh, every year, and so I want them to go to people who are really prepared and educated and hope, ideally experienced enough to give those bees the best chance, because there's nothing more depressing than, you know, selling a beautiful nucleus colony and then finding out somebody killed them. I mean, it does happen, because that's unfortunately and sadly how everybody learns, you know, but ideally, you've really made sure that this person either has the background, and even if they do, you know, make sure uh, that they do. And how I, how I <laughs> how I do this is I just say, look, I just say this to everybody. You may know every word I'm saying, but I say it to everybody so I won't miss anything. One is to keep the box out of the heat. Two is to absolutely install them into their new home as rapidly as possible. If they're a beginner, I emphasize to not open that box until it is either on top of or right beside where it's going to be. Now, don't put that cardboard box on, on top of their home hive and leave them out in the sun even if you open them because the cardboard box just doesn't have the insulation and they will, you know, it'll they'll cook. It's not even if the box is open. Um, so if the, like if it's just pouring rain and you absolutely cannot move those frames, then I would say, you you know, you can set the box um open it, uh, uh, the B entrance, and you can set the box beside the hive right beside it, like tucked up against it, and that way they will begin to orient to that spot. So you never want to set it, you know, like behind the garage, open it up, and they'll orient to that spot. And then when you move it to the hive across the yard, you'll have a big cloud of lost bees. And so beginners, remember that thing, you know, it's like um, two foot or two miles I don't know if the numbers are exactly right, but you get the drift that you, you don't want to move a hive really more than a foot or so at a time if you're getting the bees to to reorient. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So the other, the final thing on the nucleus colony that I insist that people listen to is that they, they need to be fed because there's an uncertain number of flying bees in that box. It is loaded with brood. Um, it doesn't have a lot of food stores because you wanted to maximize the number of bees that you're getting them, 
so you can't put a whole bunch of uh, honey frames in there um, and also give them a bunch of bees so the price for getting a box that's mostly bees is that you need to feed right away um, again what I call trickle feeding or you know mason jar feeding where it's it's slow and steady if you open the box and install it in the hive and if there's a good flow on you know the bees might not even touch the food um, but you want to give that to them just in case and so I pretty much make people agree that they will do that because the last thing I want to do is give this beautiful box sell this beautiful box of bees to somebody and then they not feed them and the bees struggle like if there's you know if they install them and then there's three solid days of rain those bees will go through that honey in no time uh, with all that brood in there and young bees that can't fly yet so that's why I'm such a stickler on the um, feeding them and I, and I will also tell them that depending on what time of day um, the, you know the box is packed with bees but if they're young bees they're not going to see a ton of flying activity um, they'll see some but not a, you know maybe not a lot it can take a couple of weeks for the flying bees to get going the advantage to this is that means that box is full of young bees and you have their entire lifespan um, that they will be working to build up that hive so I hope that helps listener building a nuke today and um, I wish you the best and I'm so very proud of you for making all those splits doing all the work to get those beautiful young baby queens 2019 queens in there and now to share them at a very very reasonable price with local beekeepers I am just so proud of you bravo and I encourage everybody listening to be thinking and learning so that you will have the skills to do this because it's a great feeling Okay, next, I want to talk about something I'm seeing all over um, social media with new beekeepers, and that is people who installed packages earlier, and now they, they've had the package going a few, several weeks, few usually a few weeks, and they notice that the queen appears to be gone. And unfortunately, this is just a bummer risk of starting with a package. I think I've said before that the way a package is made is uh, the commercial producer takes a bunch of bees from a bunch of hives, you know, dumps them in a funnel, puts a certain amount of pounds of bees in a box, and then they put a queen cage in there of an unrelated queen that's probably been purchased from another commercial queen producer and there's nothing wrong with any of those parts like all of those they may be good bees that have been dumped in the box and that may be a fairly good queen that's in the queen cage but those two groups of bees don't know each other and bees really do prefer queens from their own bloodlines they're uh, finicky that way um, one example is if you ever try to install Russian queens and you have don't have Russian bees which I tried recently, there can be a high death rate among your Russian queens, even if you do it to the letter by the instructions, um, because the the bloodlines and um, I guess it's what hemolyph lines, the genetics are different enough that the bees recognize that this is a little bit of a strange queen, but the bottom line is they're not related, and the more unrelated they are, the harder it is to introduce a queen to a hive or in this case a box full of bees in a package so the result of that is when you install these bees um, and there they are you know they're behind the eight ball as I explained to one person who recently had this happen to their package 
um, you know, a package is not a scenario that you would find in nature. When a, uh, it kind of mimics a swarm, but a swarm is prepared. Those bees have chowed down on half the honey in the hive, and they've taken a lot of young bees, and they're just packed with fat with honey, and they're out, they're ready to draw tons of comb really fast wherever they land, and I mean, wherever they make their home. And so that is not uh, package bees, on the other hand, were just grabbed unsuspectingly out of their hive. They were minding their own business. There's a mix of ages. There'll be forager bees who really can't make wax anymore. There's young bees that uh, can make wax, but maybe they're not prepared. They're, they weren't, you know, gorged on um, honey. So it's putting bees in a, it's uphill both ways of a package making it. So what often will happen is you put them in, they're trying their best to draw comb. If you are a good beekeeper, <laughs> you've been feeding them so they have a chance to draw the comb. It's the comb that's the lifeline of that hive. It is the comb that's always going to be the limiting factor in the growth of that, that colony. So, um, you know, if as long as they're healthy. Um, so this package is in there. They're on bare foundation. They're drawing comb as fast as I humanly can. But here's the catch. What a lot of beginners do, and this is why I keep harping on this trickle feeding concept, um, is that, that beginners will be sold or buy one of those big hive top feeders. They load up, you know, a couple gallons of food and put the package in. They think they've done a good thing. But those little bees are drawing comb as fast as they can, but they also have an instinct when they find a uh, a boatload of food to 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 store it. That's their instinct. That's why they make honey. So they're packing those that comb as full of of, of the sugar water as fast as they draw it. And here's the catch. That means the queen, who's already in trouble because she's in there with a bunch of bees not related to her that she doesn't have enough room to lay. And when the bees, the worker bees say, well, what the heck, this queen must be defective because she's not laying. Because it's the, the laying creates all the pheromones that keeps that keeps everybody in order. And so they're like, wow, we got a dud. So what we need to do is we need to off her and we're gonna raise our own better queen from one of these eggs that she's, one of these few eggs that she's laid. So. That's why I emphasize trickle feeding in many circumstances when you're trying to build a baby hive from various things because you want them to be fed so they can draw wax um, without having to work for every drop of it out in the, the world because again, where you've put them in an unnatural situation and in my opinion, it's not really ethical to you know, to make them try to build a home without, you know, when we have taken them out of the natural circumstances that makes it easy for them to build a home. So that's why, to me, feeding is an ethical thing to do, but it must be done carefully um, because you want them to draw a comb but not have enough food left over that day to fill it all up. And the way I've found is the mason jar that has the little lid that has little tiny holes in it and, um, you know, just, and, and it is a lot of work, but I swear it's worth it, you know, that I might, if it's a, uh, depending on the size of what you're, you're starting with, but if it's a little bitty group of bees, you know, I might half fill that, um, and by that I mean a mating nuke, you know, there's maybe three frames of bees in there. You know, I might put half that mason jar full and then wait till it's empty and then feed it, you know, fill it up half again. If it's a big, pretty solid mass of bees, and particularly if the weather's bad and they're not able to get any food from out in the world, 
um, then I might fill that mason jar um, with uh, with uh, syrup. So, so that is to say, one of the reasons for queen failure is how packages are made. But that can't you can't get around that. And packages are sometimes the only way that a beginner can get started. So. Yes, it's not good, but that's as good as it gets in some circumstances. But be aware that if your package fails, it may not be the producer's fault. In fact, it's probably not the producer's fault. Um, it may not be your fault. Uh, if if the bee's off that queen, um, for whatever reason, if they're just in a bad mood or if they've run out of space, now that's part beekeeper error, but sometimes they just offer because they're in the mood. Um, then they're going to try to make a new queen, which, as we've talked about, is a lot of work uh, for a small group of bees. And so they have to go through the whole thing of uh, waiting for that egg to hatch. Then they turn that larva into a queen. Then in five days, it's they, uh, you know, from hatching, they... Um, make their queen cell then it's got to be capped then she's got to you know stay in a little oven and cook a while and then um she's got to come out she's got to harden up she's got to go on her mating flight not get eaten not get caught in a rainstorm uh manage to find her way back in the hive and hopefully she got well mated and then she can start back over with an egg so that can be a delay of at least absolute least three weeks and in all that time those bees are aging and as I said earlier bees may only live six weeks in the summer because they're working so hard so um, so that's why I emphasize you know packages are a delicate thing they're hard to start on bare foundation once you get comb and this is why I always emphasize to protect that comb like it is made of solid gold because it is um, that same package if you took them and installed them in a hive that has all drawn comb, they will, as they say, grab a gear and they will kick butt and they will populate that hive in no time. That queen, she's got tons of room to lay so she can lay, lay, lay. They're like, okay, we don't know her, but she's laying really good, so let's keep her. You know, you've just got a whole different scenario starting on bare foundation than comb. So no matter what happens to your hive um, this year, if you're a beginner or any hive at any time, Every good-looking frame of comb, and by that I mean, you know, not the really old, gross black comb. You want to get rid of that. But if it's a uh, good, clean comb, any anywhere from kind of honey-colored and lighter, uh, you want to stash that comb should you lose your bees for whatever reason. The freezer is a perfect place. A deep freeze is just perfect. You can put the whole box in there. Um, just warn your spouse. They, they do get upset. Um, and... And just and store it until you get bees again, and then starting with comb, it's a whole different scenario. Um, I'm running way late, so obviously I'm going to do my article as part two. But finally, I want to give just one last random tip to newer beekeepers. I had a listener talk about how uh, frustrating it was to start inspecting a hive and open it and start setting things aside and then, you know, have a box of bees in your hands and realize you don't have any place to set it down. And that's something that will come with experience that before you even take the outer cover off, you will have set up your area to stack things. Now, some people will just flip the outer cover on its back on the ground and then stack the boxes there. 
because I'm always trying to protect my back, um, I like to take an empty box out with me, an empty super um, box, I call them, because I use all mediums, um, and set it on the ground, and that way it elevates that, that box, that first box to come off is often the heaviest, it's often the honey, so I hate to set it you know, right on the right close to the ground. Um, obviously, you never set it on the ground because everything will stick to the bottom of it, and also you'll crush a bunch of bees. So, if you don't have an extra box, you you flip that lid upside down, set the box. You don't set it flat like it's a hive. You set it cattywonk on the rim so that there's only wood to wood contact in you know four tiny places, and that means you minimize your your all your places that you might crush bees. Uh, and the same thing, you're setting it on the rim of that inner cover so that the bottom of the box doesn't go flat against a flat surface because there's all kinds of bees under there and you'll crush them. So again, what I'll do is I'll put an empty box on the ground, then I take the outer cover, flip it upside down on top of that box, then I take the top box off. If it's an old, you know, if it's an established hive, it's probably honey, and everything I'm looking for is probably not in that box. So I remove that box, and I, as I pick it up, I note kind of how many bees are in it and how much it weighs, and I move it over to my stack, and I set it aside. And then, however many boxes I have to go down to get in the brood nest um, to, you know, often if I'm just checking for swarm cells or checking for queen rightness, I don't look for the queen in a hive that's going, particularly in honey season. I don't want to disturb them or slow them down. Um, instead, in that case, what I do is when I get down to a box that I'm pretty sure is brood nest, then I, uh, you know, crack the seal and I just lift the box up I, uh, what would you call it, pivot it. So I lift one end up. Now I'll slide the end that I'm balancing on maybe a few inches forward and then I just lift the box and look underneath for swarm cells. I might use my smoker to um, you know gently puff the bees out of the way and glance for swarm cells. Now I don't get upset if I see queen cups a lot of bees will prepare cups just in case and you know they're just like a little nugget like a little acorn cap sitting there waiting but what I want to see is if there is an egg or a larva in those then that's a charged queen cell and they mean business and I need to do some type of usually in my case um, some type of uh, adding space I might well anyway I won't get into that today because I'm at time but that that lifting a box without you're not you're not holding the weight you're just tilting it up and holding on to it good making sure it doesn't slide off the back end and looking for swarm cells that's a technique that once you get it down will really save you a lot of time and if I look under there and there's not the first sign of a of, of a queen cup or even you know definitely not a queen cell then again I'll just puff bees out of the way with some smoke so I don't crush anybody and then tilt that box back down Puff some be you know puff them again on top to get them off the bars and then set that super back on close it up call it good because you know I've I've made sure that I visualized an egg that lets me know the queen's still there and I've made sure that they're, they're not getting in a swarmy mood by picking up that top super I've kind of tested the weight if it's really heavy I'm like whoa these guys need supers obviously they're not guys but that just makes sense you know these guys um, and uh, and so I might um, I might under super, which is a handy thing. Um, I don't get crazy with it because it is heavy, but under supering is where you put the, the empty box, 
under the honey super and that definitely makes them feel like they don't have as much honey as they thought and they will really get to work um, filling that box but may, that's a little bit for more intermediate beekeepers so don't try that yet if you're a brand new beginner but intermediate beekeepers if you're having a hive that's looking a little they're looking a little packed and um, you want to super them but you might have waited a little late and uh, then under supering can really um, it, it can make it can slow them down in their swarm urge and it can also keep them busy both drawing comb and um, pack in that box. I wouldn't put a whole box of foundation in there because then they might consider themselves two separate hives in one box and start queen building up in the top if there's any larva in that. But um, but I would I, I have done checkerboarded frames where I have drawn comb foundation, drawn comb foundation, drawn comb foundation, a whole empty box like that, and put it underneath the honey super if I want to shock them a little bit into forgetting about getting swarmy. All right, I know I got a little straight off at the end there, but I hope you've enjoyed this. And right away, I'm going to make the next episode and read the article that I've been promising you for about three weeks. Have a wonderful day.